Good morning, Grace Church. Great to see everybody here today. Would you stand with us as we open our service? Today we truly want to enter into his courts with praise. We want to celebrate Jesus here today and rejoice in thanksgiving that his presence is with us today. Can we give the Lord a hand praise this morning? Let's clap our hands to Jesus. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Are you glad to be here today? Thank the Lord. Look at your neighbor, give him a fist bump, smile, and say, I'm glad to see you. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Let me remind you of some things that are coming up on our church calendar. I'd like to remind you, uh, first of all, that the mission uh, Louisiana pledges, uh, there's a category on our website, an easy tithe for Mission Louisiana for your pledges. Please feel free uh, to commit to this awesome endeavor. Remember, uh, Tuesday, Fe February the 4th, first Tuesday evening prayer uh, will be held here in the sanctuary at 7.30. We ask that all of our Grace Church come and pray with us this coming Tuesday night at 7.30. Remember, and I like for especially the adult Sunday school class, uh, to pay attention very carefully on Sunday, February the 18th. There will be a Connect Groups Fair in the Alexander Center where our class is. On that Sunday, our class will be in here. Uh, so remember that on February the 18th. But otherwise, for the rest of the church, we want to launch Connect Groups for another semester. And if you're interesting and headed up, interested in heading up a Connect Group, please feel free uh, to connect with Brother Dave Bunch about that. He can give you more information, and we will have that fair. So all of the church folks after altar service that Sunday can walk through the Alexander Center and uh, uh, choose a connect group that they would like to be a part of if they wish to. Also remember, this coming February 19th through March the 10th will be our 21 days of sacrifice. Uh, please remember that and uh, plan to participate in that. We would appreciate it so very much. And then one more announcement for, uh, for you to listen up to. If you remember last year, uh, last fall, I believe it was, Dr. Rhea Cooper was here with us and ministered in our Sunday morning service and absolutely did a phenomenal job. I was overwhelmed with her presentation in ministry and was asked by a number of uh, Grace Church folks to please have her back. So if you'd pay attention closely to the schedule of those services with Dr. Cooper, she will be here on February the 23rd on Friday night, and we're going to host a dinner in the Alexander Center for all of our leadership team. All of our leadership team, you're invited to come and be a part of that, and Dr. Rhea Cooper will be speaking in that, in that session. And then on Saturday, February the 24th, she'll have two sessions, one at 10 Saturday morning, one at 11, uh, for, for you to come. Anybody's welcome, the public is welcome, et cetera, to come and be a part of one or both of those events. And then she'll be speaking in our Sunday morning service. So she'll be here for our leadership team on Friday night for everyone Saturday morning at 10 and 11. And then she'll be with us on Sunday morning service on the 25th so everybody remember that and we'll of course be reminding you again 
uh, in each of our services to remind you of that. So we're here today to worship the Lord. Um, I would like to encourage everybody here today that as you worship, as you praise the Lord, especially the folks standing behind me, we're here today to sing, to worship for an audience of one, and his name is Jesus. We're here to worship Jesus today, and I want us to do that. If we will, he will inhabit this place. Let's worship the Lord together this morning. Yeah. 
advantage of this moment right now. Would you just do what you feel like doing in the presence of God? However you feel like engaging the presence of God, He's here right now. Somebody reach out and touch Him right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Ah. <laughs> Jesus. This moment is so incredibly packed with the presence of God. The Spirit of the Lord is here in such a strong way. The, the praise team has led us and our worship has led us to a, to a place here in this moment, in this service. And then as, as we prepare and, and the word goes forth and into the altar service from here, I, I want us to keep in mind that we are preparing a place for God to work. We are preparing a place for God to work. I, I felt in prayer this morning that there would be a lot of people with a lot of needs here today, and that's probably not real spiritual. There's as many needs here as there are people. But what I did feel even stronger is that there may be somebody here today that you are absolutely desperate today. You're here today saying, God, I'm going to give you one more chance. I, I stand in this pulpit today by divine appointment and, and with all serious and candor and, and, and eternity in the balance. There is somebody here today say, God, I'm coming to church. But it, it, if you don't do it today, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm preaching to you today. And I want you to hear the words of Psalm 63, what the psalmist said. And it describes this moment right here, this service right here, Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, so I have looked for you. And this is what I want you to get. He says, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. You've made your way into the sanctuary. God has shown us his power and his glory. You don't have to leave today discouraged. You don't have to leave today in despair. God is here to work on your behalf. God is here to answer your prayer. God is here to give you an answer if you will engage with the power and the glory that's in the sanctuary today. Would you release your faith right now? Would you say, God, I'm open right now? Would you say, God, talk to my heart right now? Hallelujah. Everybody say in Jesus' name, amen. As you return to your seats, open the word of God with me. Pastor began the year speaking about vision, started a series on vision, and then he preached the message, I think it was the first Sunday of the, of the year, do you see what I see? Do you remember that? Do you see what I see? Those messages were built around 2 Kings chapter 6. And uh, our district superintendent alluded to it again Friday night. And so we're just going to continue the theme today. Amen. Same passage of scripture that pastor has led the year for our church. We'll look at it from a different light, but I do believe there is continuity to what God is doing 
and how he is moving our church forward. Amen. Do open your hearts today to the word of God. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 14 through 17. <clears throat> Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. Talking about the king of Syria besieging Elisha and, the, and his servant. Verse 15, when the servant of the man of God was risen early, and going forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and with chariots. And his servant said unto him, that is Elisha, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What is the outcome of this situation? And Elisha answered, verse 16, Fear not, for they that be with us, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Amen. So from this text today, I'd like to speak to you for a few moments from this thought. Just one word, outnumbered outnumbered. God bless you today and you may be seated. Thank you praise team for leading us into the presence of God. Thank you Grace Church. Great to see all of you here today and uh, thank you for engaging and responding to the presence of God in such a divine way and allowing him space to work among us. God bless you today. God sees things differently than we do. If you consider his perspective is divine, ours is merely human. And whether we like to admit it or not, it is extremely, our perspective is extremely limited. The Bible says his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. Take, for instance, some of the teachings of Jesus when he was on earth. He says things that at first seem that there's no logic in them whatsoever. But that's only when we think about them from a human intellect. He's speaking from a divine intellect. Jesus said, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Jesus said, he that would be the greatest among you should be the servant of all. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense from our point of view. But from God's point of view, that's just how the kingdom of God works. In the kingdom, we find a principle in the Bible that says the weak are strong, the poor are rich, and so on. These are concepts in the word of God that seem contrary to the flow of human imagination, but they are the words and the will of God. I thank God for revelation. We, we study, we learn, we we traverse the pages of the Bible. We listen to good preaching and teaching. And God reveals himself to us in so many ways. But even in all of that, we'll never understand all of God. Because we are talking about the one, after all, who does not dwell in time. Time dwells in him. We're talking about the one that knows the end from the beginning. Something that we do not know. Isaiah in chapter 40 of his writings, uh, asked this question about God rhetorically. He said, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with a span 
and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and hills in the balance. Of course, he was talking about Almighty God. He goes on to say that God alone stretches out the heavens, that vast expanse of universe. God is responsible for that. You want to know just how different God's perspective is than ours? Isaiah says that God takes the islands as a little thing. He takes the islands as a little thing. Great Britain is an island. Japan is an island. Hawaii is an island. Do those seem like little things to you? Do those nations, states seem like little things to you? No, they seem like pretty big places to me. But to God, they are very little things. That's all to demonstrate that He is so much bigger than our finite human perspective. He doesn't see what you see. He doesn't think what you think. So thus, we should not judge our circumstances, our dilemma. Our problem, our situation, the the place we are in life, the, the thing that besets us and vexes us, we should not judge that by our human intellect. We must measure it by God's divine will. So today, as we begin this message, I ask you, what's going on in your life that has you overwhelmed? What problem is facing you when the alarm clock goes off? In the morning, what crises is lurking on your horizon? Or let's look at it this way. What dream or ministry do you feel like God has spoken into your life? And you say, there is absolutely no way I could do that. There's no way I could walk into that door, walk through that door and walk into the plans God has for me. What, what, put yourself in that story. Put yourself in that situation. But let me declare again today, God sees it in a completely different way than you, say, than you see it. And in His omniscience, He is working all things, listen, He is working all things for your good and His glory. He is working all things for your good and His glory. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I've come to ask you a question today, and I, as, I, as I started today, I know there are needs here today. I know there's circumstances, situations. There are, there's desperation here today. But let me ask you through the eyes of that scripture and through the eyes of faith, why? Are you walking with your head down and your eyes on the ground when God means for us to mount up and soar on wings as eagles? Why are we stumbling and shuffling along when He means for us to run and not grow weary? Not by our strength, but by His strength. What if I told you today there's more to it than what you see? Your problem, your situation, the thing you're facing, you just see that, the the, the confining walls of what you're going through. But oh, there's a great big perspective out there that you can't see. Only God knows. And He promised that you would mount up with wings and you would soar above that problem. 
Has, hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Are you here today and you feel like you're at the end of your strength? Perfect. You feel like you're just about to give up and give out? Excellent. You're exactly the candidate that God is looking for to impart his supernatural strength, to impart his supernatural power, to let you rise above the circumstance and be an overcomer. I want to remind you today, you don't need to quit. You don't need a new uh, uh, faith, a new perspective. You just need to know that God is working on your behalf. And if God is for you, nothing shall stand against you. Do you see what I see? Are you confined to the circumstance? Or do you see what I see? There is an army fighting on your behalf. He's made you to be more than a conqueror. So in our text today, 2 Kings, we see that this is a time when Syria has launched a war against Israel. And there's this very odd thing going on. There's this very odd situation going on. Every time the king of Syria makes a move against the people of God, somebody tells the king ahead of time, the king of Israel, and they get ahead of the king of Syria and the plans, his war plans are thwarted. Well, the somebody is Elisha. It's God speaking to Elisha. The Bible says he warned the king of Israel not once or twice. This, this kept happening. God kept telling Elisha what the enemy was going to do. Elisha would warn the king and Israel would, would spring the trap. They would get out of the situation. So after a while, the king of Syria was vexed. He said, what in the world's going on? He called his armies together and he said, where is the traitor among us that's given the war plans to the enemy? And somebody spoke up, one of his generals or his captains or his lieutenants spoke up and said, said, there's no traitor among us. This is Elisha, the man of God. He said, the things that you whisper, the plans that you whisper in, in secret, the man of God is making known to, it, to the king of Israel. I don't know how that general or that lieutenant knew it and the king of Syria didn't know it, but it must have been an open secret of some kind that, that uh, Elisha was doing this thing and that God was speaking to him. But However, however that all happened, that was, that was the case. And, and so the king of Syria said, well, we're going to put a stop to it. We're going to take Elisha out. We're going to assassinate him and get rid of this voice that is thwarting our plans to the, to the king of Israel. So uh, he goes and takes his army and besieges Elisha and his servant in the town of Dothan. And so Elisha and his servant are outnumbered at this point. I don't know how many were in his army. The Bible says a multitude. So it was a multitude. This army is a multitude. So we're not talking 10 to 1. We're not talking 100 to 1. It must have been like 10,000 to 1 or more. It's Elisha and his servant and this multitude of the Syrian army surrounding them. And this is where Elisha's servant got just a little bit nervous. He looks out the window and he says... There is a vast army of chariots and horses surrounding us to take us out 
And he asked Elisha, how shall we do? What will be the outcome of this scenario? How in the world are we going to survive this? There's no way we can survive this. We are outnumbered probably something like 10,000 to 1. This is a common theme in Scripture. That the people of God are outnumbered by the enemy. This is not the first time this has happened in Scripture. It won't be the last. This is a very common theme in Scripture. And at first glance, it may seem unusual that God would let His, His people be outnumbered by the enemy because I just described to you some of the amazing attributes of God and how, how He fights for us and He's, He's greater than anything that comes against us. Why would He let His people get in a position where they are outnumbered by the enemy? Well, it is apparent to me today that in all of His sovereignty, in all of His wisdom, God allows His people to walk through situations where they are outnumbered, so they are outnumbered in their own strength, so that He has a chance to show Himself mighty. How else can God work on your behalf if you're not in a situation? How else can He show Himself as God if the chips aren't down? If you are to a place where you can't do it in your power, how can God step in and show Himself mighty? Consider a young boy named David facing off against a seasoned mighty man by the name of Goliath. Outnumbered, outnumbered, sorely outnumbered. Man of great stature, a great warrior against a shepherd boy with no experience whatsoever. In warfare, yet God delivered Goliath into David's hand. Consider Israel's flight from Egypt, their exodus from Egypt. They get as far as the Red Sea, and then they look back, and Pharaoh is pursuing them. And so they're, they're caught with the Red Sea in front of them and Pharaoh behind them. A desperate situation, no way out. They can't, they're outnumbered. There's nothing they can do. They can't fight. They don't have weapons. They're not trained in warfare. Yet God comes through and parts the Red Sea, and they walk, uh, walk through on dry ground. And he annihilates the, the uh, army of Pharaoh. It is not out of the ordinary. All that to say this. It is not out of the ordinary for God's people to be in a place where they feel outnumbered. Where they feel overwhelmed. Where they feel like the circumstances are overwhelming them. Consider the Psalms. David and the other psalmist writing in the Psalms. Much of that is Psalms of lament. Where the billows and the sea is overwhelming them metaphorically speaking that they have no way out. Yet God always has a way of showing up. But they are outnumbered when you measure it by human application. And so we can't disagree today that there are times when we feel outnumbered and overwhelmed. That's a reality. That is reality. When you look at your circumstances, the things you are facing, some of you have things going into this week, you know, that you're going to have to face. They're there. It's waiting on you. When, when the alarm clock happens, uh, goes off on Monday, it's going to happen. And you've got to face it. That's reality. The trials and the cares of life can outnumber us and overwhelm us. Job said life is short and full of trouble. That's reality. And then if you navigate life and get through all that, then you've got an adversary. And he's got you outnumbered. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He's, he's on your case. He's trying to take you out. And you can feel outnumbered fighting against the devil. And the truth is, is you're no match for him on your own anyway. 
So that's reality. That's reality. Now, I'm a firm believer in a good attitude. I believe you should have a good attitude no matter what. And one of the reasons why is, is because attitude is the one thing you can control. There's a lot about your circumstances you cannot control. But you can control your attitude. Now, I didn't say that was easy to do. I'm not saying it's easy. But it can be done. And that's the thing, that's the variable in the situation that you can control. I'm a strong believer in good attitude. But a good attitude does not change the facts. Does not change the reality. You know, Elisha's servant, I don't know what kind of attitude he had, but it wouldn't have mattered. He was still outnumbered. He was still surrounded. Attitude is, is important. we got to have a good attitude. But it does not change reality. I heard... Zig Ziglar say one time, many years ago, the great motivational speaker, he said, I don't care how good of an attitude Shaquille O'Neal has. He will never ride a horse in the Kentucky Derby, right? It just doesn't change reality. No matter how good an attitude we had, and we, we tried to keep a good one, no matter how good an attitude we had in 2016, it did not change the fact that the water line on our house was up to my chest. Five and a half feet. It didn't change the fact we were fighting a leukemia diagnosis in our oldest child that would go on for some two and a half years. Good attitude's great, but it didn't change the facts. We were outnumbered. We were overwhelmed. And there was no easy answer. But while this is our reality, and that is a certain fact, no question, there was another reality that the servant was not aware of. And when Elisha prayed and asked God to open the servant's eyes to a spiritual reality. I want you to know today there is a spiritual component in our world. We can't see it. There have been those that have seen angels and I believe there's angels here today. We don't see it so we don't think it exists. There is a spiritual reality and our tendency is to judge what we're going through only by what we see in the natural. When God is saying, if you would open your eyes, there is another dimension. There is another reality and I am fighting for you. Those that are for you are greater than those that are against you. So the, the servant saw that yeah, hey, I am outnumbered. I'm outnumbered, but not in the way that I thought I was outnumbered. It's not the army of the enemy that has me outnumbered. It's not my circumstance that has me outnumbered. It's not my lack of resource or ability that has me outnumbered. It's God that has me outnumbered in all of His abundance, all of His provision, and all of His ability to navigate me safely through what I'm doing. The servants saw they were outnumbered by the Syrian army. Elisha saw that they were outnumbered by God. So the question again is, what do you see? Do you see what I see? Do you see what the servants saw or do you see what Elisha saw? I'm praying today, God, open our eyes. Open our eyes. Open our understanding and give us the ability to look through the eyes of faith. And see a God that is greater than our enemy. I want you to consider the ways that God has you outnumbered. God has you outnumbered. 
we are outnumbered. Not by the enemy. We're outnumbered by God. I want you to consider the ways we're outnumbered by God. God's thoughts toward you are without number. Psalm 139, 17 through 28. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. God's thoughts towards you are more than you can comprehend. They are precious. They are great. They are divine. And they are without number. God numbers the days of your life. Do you know what the days of your life are? Do you know how many days you have to live on this earth? No, you do not. But God does. Psalm 139, 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. He has a book numbering every day of your life. If he's numbering your days, don't you think he can help you in the present? If he knows your future... Don't you think he can help you in the present? He numbers the hairs of your head. He's got you outnumbered. He knows the number by number, the hair of your head. Matthew 10, 30. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. The very smallest detail of your life. If he knows that, don't you think he cares about providing for your well-being? God numbers the cattle on a thousand hills, Psalm 50, verse 10. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. If he keeps up with the countless number of animals in the forest and cattle in the field, how much more does he know the way that you take? How much more does he know what is facing you in the immediate future? God has us outnumbered. He knows the numbers of the stars. Psalm 147 verse 4, he telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them by name. Isaiah 40 verse 26, lift up your eyes on high and behold, who hath created these things? That bringeth out their host by number, God brings out the host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might. Have you ever looked up at the sky on a clear night? Even with light pollution you can see a massive amount of stars. Just those few with light pollution that you can see. Can you count them? Can you say the names of them? Do you know which one is which? Probably not. And that is just a fraction of the vast expanse of the universe. If God knows how many stars are in the universe and knows each one by name, don't you think he can navigate us through the things that we are facing? Don't you think then that God can take care of the things that are in your life that you have no solution for? I want to tell you today, God has us outnumbered in the best possible way. So I'm asking you again, what do you see? You seeing through the eyes of faith? Or are you seeing through the eyes of Darkness and doubt and despair and disillusion. I want to tell you again today, you're not outnumbered by the enemy. You're outnumbered by the chariots of fire and the horses of the Lord. And a God who has provision and resources without number. Job was a righteous man. The Bible says he was a righteous man. And 
There's re- for reasons we don't really clearly understand. Even in all of the study of Job and his life, his book, I just read through it again in the last week or so. I've read and studied the book of Job. No one really can fully explain why Job went through all that he went through. It's hard to grasp. It's hard to understand. Just in a, in a moment's time, his family was annihilated. All of his crops and, 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 and flocks were annihilated, which was a symbol of, or represented his wealth. And then, and then he was smitten with a serious disease, his, his flesh rotting off the bone. And, and just a very, very dark time for Job with hardly really any explanation, not, not understanding. He certainly didn't understand why he had to suffer. It was a tragedy beyond all tragedies, and it affected him greatly. And if anybody was outnumbered, you talk about problems without number, it's Job. You know, he couldn't fall back and say, well, at least my family's doing okay. He couldn't fall back and say, well, at least my health is okay. Or at least, you know, all this is going wrong, but at least I got money in the bank. There was nothing left for Job. He was outnumbered by calamity. There was nothing left for him but to just sit there and suffer. Great tragedy without number. And he had some friends that came by to try to offer him some comfort. And you've heard the saying by now, Job's comforters, because they weren't very good at it. They didn't do him much good. His wife told him, said, why don't you just curse God and die, which was horrible advice, and Job had enough wisdom to ignore it. But for all that his friends put him through, all their advice, chapter after chapter, they're just expounding in all of their brilliance, trying to tell Job what he should do, and trying to give him the right perspective. For all of that, they do hit on a couple of things in their speeches that, uh, that are exactly right. So remember, Job's outnumbered by all this calamity. There's nothing he can do. There's no way out. He has no answers. And Eliphaz, one of his friends, reminded Job. He said in Job chapter 5, verse 9, God does marvelous things without number. You know what he's saying? Job, God can do so much more than just what you're going through right now. He's got you outnumbered, Job, but, but in the best possible way, with provision, with answers, with a future. Bildad weighs in. Now, Bildad, the Bible says it was Bildad the Shuhite. So that was the shortest man in the Bible. He was a Shuhite. But Bildad weighed in with a little bit of wisdom in Job 25 and 3. He said, is there any number to God's army? Is there any number to God's armies? Again, reminding Job, what you see here, what you see with your natural eye that has no explanation is not the only reality. That there's a God in heaven with an army that's fighting for you. There's a God in heaven with a plan that's going to be executed in your life for His glory and your good. And then there's Elihu, last one. He says, God is great and we know Him not Neither can the number of his years be searched out. In the darkest hour of Job's calamity, he was challenged to remember and to consider the ways in which God had him outnumbered and was so much greater than his trials. So there may be some here today and you're thinking, well, that's good for Job. You know, that's good for people of faith. That's good for prayer warriors. But this 
just couldn't possibly apply to me. That I've gone too far, I'm, uh, my circumstance is too great, there's no way God could help me. I want to tell you something today, a little moment of inspiration that I had. I'm talking about numbers and math, when you, you know, that you can work an equation, especially in statistics, you start working on probabilities and all that stuff. And sometimes when you get to the solution, there's what they call an outlier. You ever heard of an outlier? It's, it's this, so you got this, a lot of times they'll, they'll do like a plot, clusters of, you know, within this range, here's your answers. But there's one answer way out here that doesn't apply to, to the norm, right? And they call that an outlier, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Some of you have been lied to by the devil and told that you're an outlier, that all that the church and the saints of God and the people in the Bible, they have their prayers answered. And God's going to take care of them. But I'm way out here. I'm an outlier. God can't possibly do that for me. But I want to tell you something. Uh, when you feel like you're the exception, when you feel, you feel like you're the outlier, this is, this is the inspiration I had. There's an outlier, all right, and it's the enemy. He is an out-and-out out liar. The truth is not in him. So if he's telling you you're an outlier, you are a perfect candidate for God to step in and say, I got this. You don't have to fight this alone. There is an answer. There is a plan. There is something I want to do in your life. This is not the end. Oh, would somebody just look through the eyes of faith and say that the God that is fighting for me is greater than anything that is fighting against me. Oh, come on, Grace Church. Please don't let this message pass you by. Please don't let this word pass you by. You need God to work. I'm telling you, He is going to work. You've been praying that God would work. I'm telling you, He's here today to work. If you'll just let Him in. Oh, come on today. Let your faith be open. Let your eyesight be open. I'm, bring, I'm coming in for a landing. Hang on. Musicians, not quite yet, but I'm headed that way. Here's the application of all this. If you'll bear with me a few more moments. Maybe you're here today and you need mercy. You need grace. Forgiveness of sins. Maybe you're carrying a weight of iniquity and sin. And you're desperate today and you say, God, I'm tired of carrying this, this iniquity and this sin and living this way. It's got me overwhelmed. It's got me outnumbered. The psalmist felt that way. Chapter 40, verse 12. For innumerable evil compassed me about. My iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. Mine iniquities are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart faileth. Overwhelmed by iniquity. Outnumbered by sin. Can't do anything to save himself or forgive his own iniquity. But he comes back in Psalm 103 and he says this. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him. And righteousness unto children's children. I want you to know there's no sin. There's no iniquity. 
There, there's nothing you've done that can outnumber the mercy and the grace of God. It is far as east as west. It is in the depth of the sea. There's no fathoming and measuring the great mercy and kindness and love of God. So if you're here today and you need forgiveness of sin, I'm preaching about a God that can forgive sin. And not only does He forgive, He forgets and it's washed away by His blood. Oh, come on, somebody. You're not outnumbered by iniquity. You're outnumbered by the mercy and grace of God. If you're here today and you're sick in your body, I want you to know you're outnumbered by a God who's able to heal every disease. Luke 6, 19, the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him, and he healed them all. Imagine, I don't know how big a multitude is, but imagine how many sicknesses and diseases were represented in a multitude without number. Nothing they could do about it. They didn't have modern medicine and and we know there's even sicknesses and diseases that modern medicine can't do a whole lot about. But Jesus healed them all. I don't know how many diseases and sicknesses there are identified by the medical community, but it doesn't matter. They are no match for the God by whose stripes ye are healed. If you have any sort of need today, you need provision. You need God to show up and do something. Jesus said, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'm talking about a God of abundance. I'm talking of God that shall supply all your need according to your riches and glory, to his riches and glory. You're not, you're not surrounded and overwhelmed by lack. You're not surrounded and overwhelmed by need. You're, you're surrounded and overwhelmed by a God who can provide that need. Surrounded and provided by a God that can supply that need. And then finally, let me take it here and tell you, if you have a calling on your life, students, some of you have calling and gifting in North American Youth Congress, God spoke to some of you. And you think there's no way, you're outnumbered, there's no way you could take on the call of God in your life. There's no way you could take on that ministry, that pastorate, that missionary field, that calling God's placed on your life. You feel outnumbered by what God's asked you to do. I want you to know the God that is for you is greater than anything that stands against you. Let me, let me explain it to you this way and maybe bring it home with a very close example. There are 30,000 people in the city of Central. You can look it up. It's like 29,872 or something. I don't know. 30,000. We'll round it up. Roughly. Give or take, if you were to look at the roll, Grace Church, just going to make the math easy. There's 300 on the roll here at Grace Church. It's probably a little more than that, but let's, let's make it easy on ourselves. I've done just about all the math I can do today already with this message. Uh, so our constituency here at Grace Church represents 1%. Again, if my math is correct, represents 1% of the city that we have a dream of reaching. Our leadership team, our church has a goal, has a vision, has a plan. We're trying to reach the city of Central. And there's 1% of us and 99% of them. We might say we were outnumbered if we were looking through the eyes of our carnal humanity. But let me tell you what God said to Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 12. Therefore sprang there even of one, that is Abraham, 
And him as good as dead because he was past childbearing years, child siring years. So many, there sprang of Abraham so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. If God can make Abraham and Sarah productive and give them children as the sands of the sea and as the stars in the sky. Don't you think that he can help us reach our city and give us souls innumerable? Don't you think that he can open up the floodgates of heaven and give us a harvest in this city that we can't number? Because he's a God that has us outnumbered with provision and care. Stand with me, if you will. Musicians, come. As I said at the beginning of my comments today, I know there are needs here today. I know that, and I know that God spoke to me. I implore you, I beg you, do not let this service go by without allowing God a chance to minister in your life. We were riding home from North American Youth Congress last summer, and uh, Brother, Brother Darren Taylor and I were riding together, and um, Brother Darren Taylor is a very good storyteller. Uh, he can he can tell some really good stories, and all of them are true as well. And uh, we got to talking about times we we were we had been in our life in emergency situations, times when the chips were down and there was just no way out. What what, what will you do? What could we do? Emergency situation, and as a father, as a as a husband, you got you feel that responsibility, and and things are going wrong, and what do you do? And he said he talked about a time one time in, in his life, and he I don't remember now the circumstances, but I remember the point of the story, and that's this. He said something had happened, he needed help, and he called his dad, Brother Richard. He called his dad. And he's and, and his dad picked up the phone and he said, Hey son, how you doing? And Brother Darren said, I'm all right, but and Brother Richard interrupted him. He didn't let him go any further. And Brother Richard said, I'm on my way. How you doing, son? I'm all right, but I'm on my way. It happened just that quick. Notice, Brother Richard didn't ask where he was. Didn't even know where he was. Didn't ask him what the problem was. Didn't say, do you need me to bring a particular, you know, you need a tool or a, you know, air compressor or a generator. Or like, what do you need? He just said, I'm coming. I'm on my way. Doesn't matter what the problem is. We're going to get it figured out. That is the God you serve. You serve a good, good father. It's who he is. It's who he is. And we are loved by him. That's who we are. All you have to say today is, God, I need help. And he's going to say, I'm on my way. All you got to say is, God, the chips are down. And he's going to say, I'm on my way. All you got to say is, God, I'm outnumbered. And he's going to say, I'm going to step into your life. I'm going to reach into your life. I'm going to work in your life today. Hallelujah. So would you come? Come, everybody. I'm asking everybody to come. If you have a need, come. If you don't have a need today, find somebody that does and minister to them today. Let God minister to them today. Come on, Grace Church. We're, out, we're not outnumbered today by the enemy. God's got our back. God's going to work in our life. God's going to work in our homes. He's going to work in our church. Come on. Come in faith. Come in faith. That's it. Praise team. Come on. Lead us today in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody get a hold of the Lord today. Let's worship. Let's pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. That's it. They're, they're going to lead us in worship, but somebody, come on, look around. There's needs today. There's needs today. I, 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 see, I see tears flowing. I see hands raised. I, I see crying in your voice. Come on, somebody's desperate today, but you've come to the right place. You've come to the sanctuary. You've come to the sanctuary. That's it, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. That's it, Grace Church. That's it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, that's it. That's it. In Jesus' name. Come on, I'm getting my breakthrough today. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can receive the Holy Ghost today. If you need healing, you can receive healing today. But God, I've got to have my breakthrough. I've got to have my breakthrough in Jesus' name. Knowing the battles won For you have never failed me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your Still stands, great is your faithfulness. 